morning, Sakina, from a very, very gloomy Johannesburg. It certainly is. But then, of course, uh, we have seen the end of summer. I, I think some people are just in denial. But uh, moving I'm along... definitely in denial. <laughs> uh, the world's uh, second largest economy, uh, Mohammed, uh, China. Now, um, we've seen, you know, them doing quite a few things um, and, and all of this in an effort to shore up, uh, you know, uh, the uh, markets. But are these efforts actually bearing fruit? Well, if you have a look at the most recent salvos, again, if you look at this, this decrease in the reserve requirement, firstly, it's important to note, you know, unlike a lot of other central banks out there, like our own, where the primary policy tool happens to be interest rates, in China, that reserve requirement is actually one of their primary policy tools in terms of monetary stimulus to the economy. So this decline in that what is called the reserve ratio, effectively designed to, to ease the flow of liquidity into the broader economy, it's a decline of 1%, uh, supposed to be very stimulating. It's the biggest decline we've seen in that reserve requirement ratio since 2008, if memory serves correctly. So it's quite an aggressive salvo in terms of the Chinese authorities to try and stimulate some of the activity in their economy. Currently, Asian markets not buying the story. You said it was looking mixed. Uh, In fact, broadly quite quite negative if you look at something like Australia. And the reason for this is that I think the the world is, is, is casting a big question mark over the structural nature of this Chinese recovery. We've seen Chinese growth slowing quite considerably. That trend seeming to be quite intact, and a decline in the reserve requirement raises other fears, and that is the fear of this chronic capital misallocation. If they just make money cheaper in China, what is to say it will actually go to the most productive areas of their economy? I think that's the big question mark. We've certainly been quite concerned around the integrity of that Chinese financial system simply because of very large unregulated banking activities called shadow banking and so on and so forth. So I think that's the reason why the markets cast a little bit of a question mark over this recent salvo. salvo. I'm a little surprised. Usually stimulus is quite well received, but I do think the markets have, have had a look at this and they're starting to think, well, is this the type of growth we actually want to get out of China or do we actually need them to make some proper changes to the underlying nature of that economy? Mm. And uh, looking at the Eurozone, officials uh, said uh, to have another meeting uh, for further crunch talks about Greece this week, Mohamed. Yeah, so, I mean, you'll recall at the beginning of, of, of the year we discussed, I mean, I sigh because this Greek story never goes away. Mm. But effectively, that's that's what we're anticipating. I mean, they're kicking the can down the road and moves from a deadline this month to a deadline next month. And that's very much where they are. I mean, over the last two weeks, Greece, uh, Greece has managed to find some shorter-term funding. A lot of people saying this is like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Uh, it, it keeps the lights on up until another deadline in May and then another deadline in June. And the big focus now, a lot of very tough talk coming out of Mario Draghi is saying that, you know, if we actually do move to a crisis, the Eurozone is quite resilient. And that's almost seen as talk discounting the fact that the Greeks will exit. Uh, if you have a look at Christine Lagarde, she's saying they're going to have to start implementing some of those structural reforms they've talked about if they have any hope of continuing negotiations. So for now, that economy remains in a very difficult space. And I just don't see any sustainable light at the end of the tunnel. I do see them pushing this can down the road, but you can only do that for so long. So let's see how it goes. But I, I have no doubt we're going to be speaking about this in a couple of weeks' time again, uh, and it will just be the most recent crisis in <laughs> there, thereabouts. Mm. And then, then just very briefly, Mohammed, um, you know, another focus this week will be on U.S. earnings. 
Yeah, so U.S. earnings is a big focus. We've got big companies reporting this week. Uh, you've got Coca-Cola, for example. So a lot. Early on in the reporting season, it's mostly your banks. But this week, it's going to be mostly your industrial-type stocks. And they're going to shed some light in terms of the actual health of corporate America. That strong dollar will likely act as a massive impediment in terms of first-quarter earnings. And so this leaves me a little bit cautious, if not a little bit bearish, in terms of the prospects for this week's set of earnings. Uh, so let's keep an eye out on that, because if the U.S. markets do actually sell off a little bit, but I do think that could possibly filter through to the domestic exchange. And so I think a little bit of vulnerability with regards to global equity markets this week potentially.